You're listening to a sermon originally recorded by Schweitzer United Methodist Church in Springfield, Missouri. Check us out online at sumc.co. And if this sermon blessed you, be sure to share it with someone else. Thank you so much for listening. Now, on to the message. God is going to show up for us, and God is going to engage with us in these stories if we're open to them. And God's going to move us to a different place than where we are right now. By sharing our stories, we enable one another and encourage one another and empower one another to have greater faith, you know. Um, and uh, I, I think there's real great hope in, in that, that these stories still continue today. Yeah, so we all have these great stories. Hey, he appeared to me also. Here's my story. Here's what happened. Take it or not, but that's what happened. There are a lot of different people that Jesus shows himself to. And it was an amazing thing, time and time and time again, how Jesus showed up. I think he's, he's looking forward to doing that today. does appear uh, in life to us, just as he did to the disciples years ago. And as we look at these series of messages today, we're, we're looking uh, at a time of transition. And so uh, when you think about life's transitions, think about all the things that happen uh, over the course of a, of a life or a lifetime. There's, of course, birth, and then there's times of graduations where we, we graduate my goodness, Jane, we've got a preschool graduation coming up here soon, right? And, and there's uh, high school graduations and college graduations. And there's work transitions and transfers. And there's times in which we get uprooted from communities. Today in our culture, there's so many times that people, uh, about seven or eight or nine different times in their lifetime, they might anticipate moving, not just... Uh, from job to job, but from community to community to community. And in, in this mobile society, it's really critically important, isn't it, that something is stable and something is real and something we can hold on to, and, and that is our faith. There's retirements, of course, and there's the passing of a loved one. Our confirmation class is going through a time of uh, transition as they're going to be confirmed in the faith this morning, and it's the last time they're going to be together as a class, and next year they'll be going on to high school, and they'll be facing all types of ways in which life will be changing for them. Today in our gospel reading, we're coming to that time and that place where Jesus has appeared to the disciples a few times following his resurrection, and they're going through a, a major time of transition in their own lives. Think about it. They'd been with him for three years. They'd been with, in, with him in his physical presence. And yet that physical presence is removed or it's something they can't control anymore. They don't have access to Jesus like they used to. He's appeared to them, but for the first time maybe in three years in this time of disequilibrium in their life, they're wondering, what are, you, what are you to do now? 
And you and I go through those times where, okay, Lord, what are we to do now? And it's in these times of transition that God comes near and Jesus appears to them once more. So if you're able, I invite you to stand for the reading of the gospel as I read these words from the gospel of John, the 21st chapter, beginning with verse 1. Afterward, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. It happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, also known as Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them. And they said, we'll go with you. So they went out and they got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them, friends, have you any fish? No, they answered. Throw out your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, It is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him, for he had taken it off, and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from shore, about a hundred yards. When they landed... They saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish you have just caught. Simon Peter climbed aboard and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153. But even with so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask him, Who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread, and gave it to them, and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. So Peter says... I'm going fishing. It's what Peter knows. It's what Peter does when, uh, you know, you need to clear the mind. When you can put your mind on automatic pilot. When your world is kind of uh, shaking around you and your foundations are shaking and you just naturally want to do something that you can just go do on your own or particularly with other people. What do you do when you want to relax, when you want to create a sense of normalcy in your life? What, what do you do? Um, last summer, I went fishing for the first time in years, and it wasn't pretty. Um, it was a summer day. A friend wanted to go fishing, wanted me to go out with him and his father-in-law, and so I did. I went and bought a fishing license. And it was that uh, early morning, we went out on Fellows Lake. And as we were out on Fellows Lake, 
we're, uh, I, I was taught to bass fish as a kid, and uh, they, were, they were catching fish, and I wasn't, and uh, I got one nibble, and it got away, and I explained to them, I used to have a little bobble, you know, for me, and so they put a little bobble on the line for me, and it still didn't help any, and uh, at least it was a sunny day, but then it got kind of stormy. And then the, the wind started, started blowing. And, and then it, it really, really began to rain. I mean, not a nice, soft, gentle I mean, it, it, was, it was raining. You remember that day last summer when it blew so hard in Springfield and north of Springfield that the signs were knocked over? Remember that? Where were you? I was out on Fellows Lake. That's where I was. We got that boat to shore and we ran up to the shelter and just drenched. So you all can do what you want to do, but if it's fishing, I'm not going to go with you. <laughs> but I know I do things that helps me to relax. You know, I, I like to play cards. I like to play hearts. I like to play a domino game called 42. I like to get my big green egg out and I like to cook and I like to watch the Cardinals. And while I'm doing this, while I'm playing a game, I just as well win it, right? And as the Cardinals are playing, and they're doing mighty fine these days, uh, I like for them to win, and I like for the big green egg to put out something that's kind of edible. I mean, you like to do these things. And so this is what's going on in the disciples' lives. They've lost their best friend, and yet he pops up in their life. They know he's alive, and yet their life is never going to be quite the same. And there's something about going out and doing things that you like and that's familiar to you and with people you like to hang out with. And that's what's going on. But in the midst of this, they don't catch any fish. And they've been out all night. And I don't know about you, but these are professional fishermen. At least Peter, James, and John are professionals. And uh, I think it kind of bothers them they didn't get any fish. It's breakfast time. And there's nothing to eat. That's a big sea. And so in the early morning light, there's a figure on the shore that calls out to them. Hey, friends, have you got any fish? And it must have been something for seven grown men to admit. <laughs> nope. <laughs> we, we haven't. And then he... He says these words. Well, put your net out on the right side of the boat and you'll find it. Now this is just so funny and it's so subtle that we're liable to miss it. This is a, a deja vu moment. Anybody have deja vu moments? Because it was like three years before when Jesus was calling Peter and James and John to follow him. They had fished all night that night too. And they had caught nothing that night too. And after Jesus had taught a while from Peter's boat, he had said to him, put your boat out, Peter. And Peter said, well, Lord, we, we fished all night, caught nothing. Just do it. Three years before. 
they'd put the nets down then. You can read all about this in the fifth chapter of the Gospel of Luke if you're interested. And the nets were so full then that they began to break. And in that moment, Peter, Peter knows and John knows this is not about fishing. This is the Lord. And you could almost see John poking Peter in the ribs. It's the Lord. Another thing that we could miss in this story very easily. Do you notice as you read through and as we look at these different appearances of Jesus in the Gospels, how close Peter and John are becoming? There's an intimacy in their friendship that they have not had before. Now, for three years, Peter, James, and John, and Jesus had banded together as brothers. They were the most intimate circle of friends. And they had had experiences with Jesus that the others had not known or been in on. But it's toward the end of the journey of Jesus' earthly life. Like when Jesus is at table with them, the night that Jesus is betrayed, Jesus and Peter are whispering to each other, who is it that's going to betray Jesus? I don't know. And then that early Sunday morning when he's raised from the dead, who is it that runs to the tomb when the women come and tell them that he's alive? It's Peter and John. I just love the way the story tells it where Peter ran to the tomb and John followed him and John's younger so he caught up and he, got, he beat Peter there. They go into the tomb together. And later on, just a little while later from the story we're looking at today, like Peter and John will be seen going into the temple to pray together. And they'll be out there doing life and ministry together in public. It's, it's amazing, isn't it? The deep friendship of faith that we can have. It's not just a luxury but it's a necessity. Well, in the midst of all this, good old impetuous Peter, he's beside himself. And he jumps out of the boat and he swims to shore when he knows it's Jesus. And the rest of them bring the boat. And once more, once again, Jesus has appeared to them. Once again, Jesus has popped into their life. Once again, Jesus is their host over a meal, this time serving fish and chips. What's more, they get to share in the intimacy with Christ. Well, there's some takeaways in this story. And here's, uh, here's three key ones. Jesus has a way of showing up. When our foundations are shaking and we go through major transitions. It's when we're hurting, it's when we're discombobulated, it's when we don't quite know what to do. Jesus has a way of showing up. 
And friends, I, I don't think it's just that Jesus shows up in troubled times. I think the deal is that we are not open to the reality of his presence as much as we are in troubled times. But you and I, we can know Jesus in a very intimate and real way during our daily lives. But it's in those times of transition that we often see him most clearly. He has a way of showing up. There's another key takeaway here that there are, are special times when the veil separating the seen and the unseen worlds is very thin. Do you know what I'm talking about? The veil. I mean, just this very, 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 very thin separation between heaven and earth. Or, you know, like when Jesus was born in Bethlehem, what does the gospel tell us? But it's kind of like the veil was separated for a while and the angels were seen praising God. There's a very, very, very thin veil between us and God and the angels. And there's sometimes, it just seems like the veil is lifted and we're able to really see and step into the unseen world where heaven and earth meet. This has happened to me a couple of times just recently. Once was a couple of weeks ago when some of us were gathered at a retreat setting. There were 30 of us on Sunday morning worship. And as we gathered in this upper room, there were two different tables that we could go to during this time of music and singing. There was the communion table. There was this understanding that we could celebrate the forgiveness of God. That we could know that we are saved. That we could know that we uh, do not have to fear death. There was this sense that... Uh, once again, coming to the table and eating the bread and drinking the juice to know that our sins are forgiven and that we live in this reality of forgiveness. And there was another table that we could visit. And this table, rather than having communion elements on it, it, it had a pitcher of water and it had oil representing the Holy Spirit. And we were reminded that God's sanctifying grace, this full salvation, isn't just about being forgiven of our sins, but it's being free from the power of sin. It's being sanctified. It's being cleansed. It's being filled with the Holy Spirit. It's walking in our anointing. And people that day in the retreat setting were invited to go to either table or both and to go alone or to go with others and you know uh, that song where uh, dance, dance, we sang? Well, some of us danced. There's simply a beautiful, wonderful time of worship. It just felt like God's presence had kind of come down and was in our midst. Another time was a week ago yesterday at my mother's burial. When we place mom's body into the ground, 
She was buried between my father and my sister. And 50 feet from where we stood was the old country church where she taught Sunday school. And 50 feet to the other side was the fence that went into our farm, our family farm that's been in the family for over 100 years, where she was born and raised. <clears throat> and as we met around her cemetery, with all the grandkids carrying her casket, and I'm pronouncing the words of committal, it had been a rainy morning, and between the church and the cemetery, the sun had come out. And after that, there was just this really light sense of fog. It's almost like the mystical sense of the cloud of God's presence. And more than one of us said, there was just such a gentleness. There was such a peace. There was such a presence. Sometimes when the veil is lifted, there's deep joy like there was in the retreat worship. And sometimes there's deep peace in the midst of transition. But Jesus appeared to us also. And he keeps appearing. The final takeaway that I hope we can remember today is that we all need deep friendships with people that we share faith with. You know, in today's culture, in all the, the media, in all the events of the culture and the world, our faith can dissipate very easily. But it's in those shared experiences especially with an intimate friend or two, that we are able to step into the real world that is more real than the physical world. It is absolutely essential that if you are a person of faith, you have someone to share that faith with in an intimate way in a real way, in a way that reinforces you, in a way that Peter and John had each other through all this time of transition and disequilibrium in their lives. For some of us, that's banding together with brothers or banding together with sisters. And if you're interested in learning more about a band of three to five people of the same gender, you may talk to Pastor Jake Hotchkiss or talk to me. For some of us, it's like a spiritual guide relationship where Peter was a little bit longer along the road than John and different in age. But if you're interested in having someone that can help walk you through a deeper experiences with God, you may speak with Linda Harper or myself. But ultimately, it's, it's really about being present with a few other people in the deeper realities that Jesus Christ is here. 
And there's angels all around the room here this morning. And I'm not talking about you, no offense. But there's angels all around us. And the presence is real. And all we got to do is, Lord, give us eyes to see and ears to hear. Help us to know you and experience you and love you and serve you. Jesus is very near.